0: Welcome to the Salty Investors, episode number 66. It is Thursday, February 15th. How's it going, Tim? Yeah, pretty good. Yourself? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Can't complain. Um, But I will complain about this. This is my salt for the week. Um, Queensland Premier Stephen Miles took the art of virtue signalling to a whole new level last week. I still can't believe he actually admitted to doing this. On X, he wrote... I've written to the big banks urging them to start lowering interest rates as soon as possible. Queenslanders are feeling the impact of 13 increases to interest rates by the Reserve Bank. Now that inflation is coming down, interest rates should start coming down too, because Stephen Miles says so. And the big banks should act just as quickly to lower rates as they did to raise them. So Miles doesn't seem to understand how interest rates are set by banks, nor does he seem to understand how reality works. I mean, is this how you do policy now? Is he gonna write letters to criminal urging criminals urging them not to cause crime because Queenslanders have been feeling the impact of crime? <laughs> yeah, but as they say, uh, you know, we get the politicians we deserve.
1: Yep. Yeah, well, all these people seem like they want to nationalise the banks somewhere on the line. know that's what they're sort of leading to that's what they honestly think what they think they can set interest rates these people who can't balance a budget or you know do anything on time you know what government service do you think you know should they be running our money as well like this is ridiculous you know so look banks get
0: it wrong but they do understand i mean they run billions and billions of portfolios of home loans they know who's a risk and they know who isn't. And maybe they're a bit too conservative and they probably could lend to some that they don't. And they do lend to some that they shouldn't because people lie. We know this now from surveys. Most people lie to some extent on their fucking home loan applications. But um, I mean, they kind of understand risk. I think they do. This is their sort of, uh, you know, you might say the US banks lost the plot uh, back in the financial crisis. Ours didn't. Ours didn't. Um, they didn't do too bad at all. Uh, I mean, the idea that, I mean I mean this is just this is the art of of looking like you're doing something when you're absolutely doing nothing. That's what it is. I mean and that's what our politicians do these days I think. They they won't actually do anything bold or some radical policy. They'll just
1: say a bunch of shit and then do nothing. Right. Well, there's a heap of stuff he can do. Like, yeah, get rid of Stamp Duty. Duty, you know, yeah. like there's there's one thing straight off the bat that'll help, you know, he, he could did you know, increase, you know, put pressures on the council to rezone land. He can do that yeah. tomorrow, you know, he's in power. There's only one house in Queensland. You know, his, his group decided to do it. You know, it's yeah. law. So No, you
0: know, but it's... what we will do is we'll just, we'll up the home li- buyer's grant, which actually just goes on top of the price of the house and does nothing to bring down home prices because yeah. they're morons. Anyway,
1: what are you salty about this week, Tim? Um, junk food all, has been banned from school canteens for a while. But what is class as junk junk food? Hmm. It's getting confusing. Muesli bars are allowed, but not muesli bars with a few choc chips on top. Well, vanilla custard is allowed, but not chocolate custard. Should just should <laughs> juice be banned as due to its high sugar content? Well, WA has now banned the ham and cheesy toasty. Clearly, <laughs> this is not a super healthy option. But totally banned it is this the right approach, or they're just being lazy? Oh. Uh, have you heard about this? Is yeah, just, like, no, it, it doesn't
0: something. surprise me. But <laughs> see, this this is another example, a good example uh, of sort of not tackling big problems, but just tackling like these silly little issues. You know, like hey, um, you know, reducing the size of like I'm thinking about the UK because they're they're way further down the road on this stuff. You know, so they reduce the size of every individual chocolate in a box of Roses chocolates you know because this is going to make people eat less chocolate i mean it's just stupid and right. dumb um i mean <clears throat> what what's wrong with a toasty does every every single thing i mean what, what should we just sell carrot and celery sticks and is water. that it <laughs> yeah. and water yeah i mean they'll ban bread soon you know because all you know, toasty yeah you know, they'll ban bread because i don't know too much carbs or something you
1: know yeah. well there's nothing wrong with you know having some restrictions but a total ban isn't the sort of winning formula that's worked in society you know take example drugs you know we sort of ban them and you know unless you've got really strict you know laws on it um it sort of doesn't work so no (laughs) total you know you need to have education and you know you know heap of reasoning and promote moderation so i don't know they just think (laughs) i think they're trying to take Parents' responsibilities into the school again, I think, is probably the the bigger issue yeah. here. Like they're trying to take over the role of parents, and yeah, you know, food choices is probably one of the, the last bastions yeah. of parents. So, hmm.
0: yeah, but what, I mean, that's strange. Though. I mean, so you're allowed to have vanilla custard, but not chocolate custard. I mean, surely the flavours of no importance. It's how much sugar's in it, and I would expect that it's probably the same amount of sugar in both, yeah. right? I mean, they're just artificial flavours at the end of the day, anyway. That's right.
1: <laughs> so, a bit of cocoa powder yeah. on top of your custard, you know, that's not going to make much difference yeah. at all. So, But it's the sight, you know. It looks like it's chocolate. You know, mm. I And mean, chocolate's bad and evil, obviously yeah. we can't allow it. You know, we don't want people looking like they're having a good time. You know, that's even worse than people having a good time. So, yeah, I don't know. Mm. It just seems a bit lazy to me and I think they just need to do a bit harder and, you know, you know, think about it a bit more, that's all.
0: Yep. Um, All right, let's move on. We got some econ data came in today in Australia. Now, what did I say, Tim? I said, we're going to hit 4% unemployment by the end. And I was a month late. It happened in January. We got the January figures today. 4.1% unemployment. This is not a surprise. I mean, this is what you call the lagging effect of monetary policy, I would say, Mm. mostly, you know, we're starting to feel it. Uh, yeah, we, we talked about retail sales last week. December retail sales, seasonally adjusted, were smashed. Um, but, but we have to remember that re- the economy is not the stock market because retail stocks have just been pretty much going up. doesn't matter what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and we should get some more reports next week. Uh, we had Nick Scarly last week. We didn't get many this week, but um, I think a lot of the retailers, discretionary retailers are going to report next week. So that should be interesting. Um, also, though, under this... Because, you know, oh, let me go back. You know, the unemployment rate's a function of how many people are actually looking for work. So the unemployment rate can go up just because more people start looking for work that weren't, because you're not counted as unemployed unless you're looking for work. Right. But so more evidence that the labor market is deteriorating is hours mm-hmm. worked, you know. So, and that's clearly rolled over. Um, the trend and the seasonally adjusted are both rolled over. Yep. Um, so yeah, I mean, you would expect I I, I haven't even looked at anybody's forecast for unemployment. I don't know what the Reserve Bank is saying, but I mean, you know, five percent by the end of the year, who knows? I don't know. Oof. It could easily get there, you know. And good to remember, I just I just went back and had a look at um 20 you
1: know, like nineteen.
0: What, yeah. Yeah, nineteen. I mean, five percent unemployment <laughs> was fine. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with five percent unemployment. And in fact If you could take five percent unemployment across all of history, you'd take it, right? I mean, you would. Um, Five percent is not bad. It just looks—it's like the interest rates, you know, like the RBA is at four point three percent. It only feels bad because we had—we came from zero. I know zero
1: point one. Well, people know it's possible now to have lower unemployment rates, so it is quite true to adjust the expectations. But you know, a a whole two hundred basis points, I think, is a bit rich. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, 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 uh, so at five percent unemployment, it's not like the economy's collapsing, uh, yeah, if yeah. That, that's a it's pretty healthy un, uh, employment rate. Um, so this was the CPI came out in the United States, and oh my god, it was 0.3 percent for the month instead of the expected 0.2, and the stock market melted down, interest rate brought, cuts have been pushed out, my god, um, so you know. 2. 0.2 is an annualized 2.4, 0.3 is an <laughs> annualized 3.6. My God. Um, uh, and, you know, the the all items less food and energy is almost still at four. So, you know, as we've been saying, this might take a little bit longer because it doesn't go down in a straight line. And I thought this was an interesting chart. This next one, this guy does a fair bit of macro stuff. Mm-hmm. He posts a lot of it. And he said, this is the super core inflation. Um that Powell, this is what the Fed's interested in, you know. Every oh, okay. every Fed seems to have a little fetish on something. <laughs> uh, this is theirs. um so yeah, it's slowed down towards three percent towards the end of last year. It's now accelerated to five and a half percent. So I mean if this is if this is what the Fed is looking at, um, you know, they are not gonna be I don't Six think they're gonna be yet. that quick. Yeah. <laughs> is that what's priced in, is it? Or well not now.
1: Like now yeah. it's like, yeah, well, there's two gone straight it off was. the bat. Like, yeah, yeah like, so yeah. probably down to three or four, you know, if the story yeah. holds up, if this just keeps, you know, niggling in the same direction, um it's not going in the right direction. The trend's not with us. You know, that's what yeah. they're worried about. The markets are worried about the trend. The trend is nothing. It's just, it's fairly flat. Come on. Like it's yeah. not that bad.
0: But, I, mean, I just think a lot of people, even professional economists, just get in their head, they... See a trend and they just extrapolate. I mean, that's what they do, right? And then they get caught out. Um, I mean, I still think inflation's trending down, but it doesn't go down Mm. the straight line. It can zigzag all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. And yeah, the market tanked. And then the next day it went back up again. And so, oh, so it gets fine now. I mean, tell me, tell me markets are efficient again. Yeah. Well, fucking Bitcoin
1: tanked at 49 grand and then it's back to 42 grand 24 hours later. Oh, it's go. insane. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Um oh yeah. What the hell's this?
0: <laughs> like yeah, that's right. Well, I have to think about this because I think I threw this in about five days ago when I saw okay. it. So now oh yeah, this is from GMO actually. Okay. GMO oh, just nice. had uh something that just came out. Um The continued unrelenting performance of very large companies has led the S&P 500 to become significantly more concentrated over the decade. The top seven names in the index comprise 28%, up from 13% a decade earlier. The S&P's total concentration, which can be measured using a Herfindahl-Hirschman index, yeah, we all use those, uh, is equivalent today to that of an equal-weighted 59-stock portfolio. Ten years ago, the index was more than twice as diversified so that that 59 is a measure of concentration okay yeah um so again it's it's just this uh so i guess it was more concentrated in the this would be the yeah, nifty 50 what, period wouldn't
1: it yeah but yeah. look at the 2000s there i thought it was highly yeah. concentrated there but obviously I'm, um, you know not thinking right, right.
0: but remember so. tech was even though tech was exploding it mm-hmm. still was Broad. A lot of these companies were in, I mean, Amazon might've been going up, but it was still a very small company at the time. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. you know, and the big companies were, what were they at that time? The general electrics of the world, Cisco,
1: um, um, those sort of companies. And, but yeah, yeah. But like you said, it was a lot of small cap, you know, they're just, pets.com. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. We, and, and what they say, 10 years ago, the index was more than twice. We have never seen over any 10-year period a decline or increase in diversification of the magnitude we've just witnessed. So I don't know. Make of that what you will. Uh, I gen, you know as, as a general rule, you want market advances to be broad. Yep. You don't want them to be narrow and concentrated. <clears throat> um, I thought this was interesting. Um, mm. Microsoft versus the energy sector.
1: <laughs> it's
0: crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and and uh, the the cash flow part of that, 135 billion in annual free cash flow from the energy sector. So I mean, now that can make sense if energy is coming off and mm-hmm. Microsoft is, you know. But it is an interesting contrast. And and again, it may just be that the expectations built into Microsoft are overdone, and the energy sector is underdone, or I, I don't know.
1: Well, Chris, Chris Holmes, you know the. Yep. One of the biggest, he just purchased Microsoft, you know, and so, like,
0: just now, like, yeah, now, just, like, oh, what a, <laughs> what a fucking genius, but he didn't buy it in 2022.
1: I know, it's just like, well, <laughs> so I don't know, it looks brilliant now. Microsoft, you know, it just keeps looking brilliant, and it's not that, yeah. it doesn't look that expensive on a multiple basis, you know, you sort of, oh, I could sort of handle that, but mm. there's a lot of growth baked in there to go forward, so. But you can see why, well, you, why, why Warren Buffett's fishing in the thick and energy pool.
0: Like, yeah. look at it's a graph where like value this. Is.
1: Yeah, yeah. Right. just where's all the money? I'm like, all us idiots think we can, you know, pick something, and he's going, "Well, look, look at the yeah. fundamentals, idiot." Like, you know. Yeah, well, you know
0: him. He'd just be looking at the cash flows and going, "Yep, that's where I, I want to be." Yeah. That's it. At the end of the day. That's what a stock is. The value of a stock is its discounted cash flows delivered into your hands over time as a shareholder. I mean, that's it. Yeah. That's where it, that's all it's all about. He, and he can
1: look out five years or 10 years. Like It's not the end of the world in five, 10 years for oil or gas, you know? So, yeah. yeah. So what's his mystery stock? I still think it's some energy company, you know? I still think even something that's probably a bit small and he doesn't want anybody, you know, knowing about know it. About but it. Yeah, um, yeah. but
0: Yeah. Very interesting. I don't know how this resolves. Uh what do we got here? So this oh this week, Tim he's left Australia, can't handle it anymore. Um yep. it's Unilever.
1: Yeah, well, just about everyone knows Unilever due to their iconic brands. Dove mm. soap, for example, is a little luxury. It's like crack cocaine for ladies. <laughs> the last few years they've you know, been buying huge amounts of brands, clearly overpaying and not disclosing sales or purchase prices. So, oh clearly, some dodgy management. Heads have rolled in management recently and key possessions. So, CEO and CFO and new management is looking promising. Terry Smith is sniffing around, and Nelson mm. Peltz has got a seat um, It's backing these changes. Let's look at the fundamentals. Shares outstanding have had huge dilution due to the reckless acquisitions over the from the previous CFO and CEO. So but you know, we've got to look forward. <laughs> we don't look in the rear view mirror. On a PE and price to fee cash flow basis, it's never been cheaper compared to the last six years. Return on investor cap it looks like it's turning back and heading back into the 20s, so great. Margins have been damaged by commodity inflation, but look like they're stabilizing. Growth has been very weak. It's got a large dividend with a large payout ratio, which is a concern. Heaps of cash to cover current liabilities. So we flip over to the balance sheet and cash flow. They have a net debt of 21 billion, which is large, but 19 billion is in long-term debt. So we're not worrying about this tomorrow. Free cash flow is about 5 billion. So, you know, they could do it reasonably. A large amount of debt has them in a hole. At least they've stopped digging now, making it worse. It will take them five or six years to eat into that debt, assuming that they don't increase the dividend too much. Revenue growth has been poor, even when they've juiced the numbers with acquisitions. But I think 5% going forward is a fair number, which means the price to free cash flow at 10 is reasonable. Currently, it's 16. So the price needs to drop by about 30%. Trailing 12 months revenue is about 14%. But I think that will drop as soon as they clear out some of the malinvestment. But if management can keep the existing um, brands going and they get 8%, today's price is fairly fair. I class it as a clear tier two company like Procter & Gamble, which is similar Mm. in numbers. You wouldn't think management could blow up a golden goose like Unilever, but it is possible. Let's see if they can revive the goose. What do you think of (laughs) Unilever?
0: Uh, I mean, it's, you know, it's uninspiring, those growth numbers. Um, So your thesis here is that new management's going to turn the ship around. Um, (laughs) I'm always skeptical of that one. I mean, at the end of the day, this is just a large conglomerate that's going to grow, hopefully slightly better than average and eke out good returns.
1: but they're not going to do 10%. Okay. That's pretty much no. the cuts. Okay. No, that's what so, I mean.
0: Like if, if nominal growth, nominal revenue growth is 6%, mm-hmm. that's an average. If you, if, so if you can squeeze yeah. out seven or eight, you're doing great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for a, for a company this size. Yeah. Mm.
1: But if they get that, you know, the price today is fair. If they get seven or 8%, you know, that's, you know, they're doing pretty good. Um, and, you know, this is the sort of thing in a downturn, which I think will continue to do well. Like it's not like this is gonna get hit. Yeah. You're not gonna pick this up at a fifty percent discount in a recession. Like ladies mm. are still gonna buy a dove soap, you know, and they're still gonna be buying. Well, I don't sunset. know about that. <laughs> okay. I don't know.
0: Did you see the recent uh campaign they used a trans woman oh. to promote dove soap and there's been a whole boycott dove thing online? But you know, I mean if you're a woman and you like dove soap, I don't think that's gonna no. necessarily stop you from buying it. It's not as yeah.
1: shameful as a beer. You're going out for having a beer Budweiser at the pub, you know, that's a bit more yeah. bit more extreme. So having dove soap at home, I don't think, is too full on. But just look at those brands. Like yeah, they're pretty top Sunsil. shelf. Yeah. Mm. And you know, they've got Ben and Jerry's and stuff, you know, some high end sort mm. of higher end type. So stuff. they
0: don't mind a good virtue signalling company, do they? <laughs> yeah, ben yeah. and Jerry's uh, run by two of the biggest wankers on the planet.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you can see why Terry's sort of like, you know, but you know, when management changes, and they've said, you know, we're going to each business unit is going to have to stand on its own two feet. So we're not going right. to have like Dove financing some Korean beauty brand that just became famous in the last two years, and then you know they pay some huge number for it, and then it just disappears. It's not a national, you know, international brand. Yeah. Like if he can, they can stop all that acquisition junk. Um, I, I, I thought I thought we learned these lessons. You know, the
0: the, the older I get you just realize these just things just go in cycles. So the idiots that just run around buying up things to get bigger mm-hmm. and, and make it look like they're actually growing the company. I mean, <laughs> the, you know, years ago it was sort of like, oh, this is completely wrong or we should go the organic growth method, only make acquisitions where it makes sense strategic, mm-hmm. you know, strategically. Uh, and, you know, I don't know, it just comes back around the cycle. Some moron comes in, yeah, let's buy that and that and that and let's dominate the whole space. doesn't matter what we pay for it.
1: Yep. Debt's cheap. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but then the cycle turns a little bit, and you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm still not convinced. You know, I want to be picking this. This is also in the UK as well. You know, no one likes the UK oh, yeah. at the moment. Well,
0: they've got Bovril there. I see Bovril. I mean, that's <laughs> how old's that? That's you know, oh, that during yeah. the Second World War.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, like it's a few older brands there, but you know, I'm pretty sure these guys are going to be around. If I look out twenty years, like yeah, I can see Dove and you know, Lipton tea. Yep, that's still going to be around, and I think people are still going to be drinking it. So yeah. oh, it'll um, be
0: around. It's just what what do you pay for it? And yep. uh, I think you want to get it to a pretty decent discount, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, so ten price to free cash flow ten is my sort of number. I think you know, mm. but I want to see that growth number. If that can t- can tick that on a little bit, and management actually is honest and got some integrity and maybe Terry takes a nibble as well. You know, I'll be like, hmm, mm. well, Nelson's in there and he's sort of shaking things up. You know, Nelson Peltz, he really, you know, shakes up the cage a little bit. And um, so yep. uh, if he leaves, it's basically over and done with, but that's the time for retail to go in. You know, all the hard work's <laughs> been done. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's a turnaround, like you said. So be wary.
0: Yep. There you go, people. Take a look at Unilever turnaround story or not let us know what you think in the comments and we'll see you next time